Hi, McKendree University, and welcome to the first and only installation of the McKendree Legends Fact or Fiction uh, podcast. I'm Lauren Trevere, and I'm joined by Professor Pat Folk. Uh, I'm Patrick Folk. I uh, was a professor at McKendree for 37 years, retired about three years ago, I think it was. Yeah. Yep, Dr. Folk is known for his um, extensive knowledge on McKendree University and a lot of the history that surrounds it. Um, he's also known for knowing a lot of the ghostly legends that you hear about all the time from past students, from professors. There's even a McKendree ghost tour. Um, so we are here today to talk about the legends, the myths, the facts about how those stories came to be around, when they came to be around, and why they're so popular today. So, so now we're going to go into a little bit about the history of McKendree, some things you might know, some things you might find out. Um, so Dr. Folk's going to take it away a little bit. Okay, McKendree was founded, as I assume everyone knows, in 1828 by a sort of a combination of Methodists who were very interested in creating a, at that time there was a big rivalry between Baptists and Methodists over uh, bringing the word to the prairies, and a Baptist had already founded a school not far from here in what's now a Fallon. And so the Methodists were very anxious to, to get a school set up too. But also local people in Lebanon wanted to see their town grow and by adding a college to it, they felt would make it the great intellectual and, and commercial center of the universe. So uh, uh, they came together and, and founded it and it took some time for the, for the uh, Methodist church to officially adopt it. But uh, they put together money and they bought, as I remember, 23 acres from one of the original founders, one of the first settler families in, in Lebanon. Uh, and uh, this is the main campus here. Now apparently from what I read, that original campus had a lot of small mountains. I hope everyone knows that what is now the city of Lebanon, we're on a little hill here, and this was a a center of the what we call the mound builder culture, the middle Mississippian culture that Cahokia was the center of. This was an important center as well. And uh, apparently when, they're, when they were grading the land, they took a lot of these mounds, which some people assume were burial mounds, and flattened them. Uh, we don't have any reports of finding bones or anything at that time. Although, well, there is one report of some bones being found and dug up in 1828. But anyway, uh, and then, uh, so one of the things, we're talking about uh, ghosts and, and stuff at McKendry, one of the, usually ghost stories are associated with uh, uh, restless spirits, that with spirits that have been either not properly taken care of on death, at death, or that have been dug up and so on. And so that very foundation could provide some some grounding if you believe in spirits. I have to admit I don't, but but if you believe in them, that, that would be. Also, uh, there are a number of places around the campus. Uh, originally where, uh, the, I'm old, I called it the new classroom building. Uh, PAC. Yes, PAC, yeah. sorry, okay. Uh, uh, where PAC is was uh, before it was a gymnasium, that was the old Bearcat gym, but before that it was called Lake Beautiful. Now most authorities I've read say it was neither very much of a lake nor very beautiful, but <laughs> anyway, it's called Lake Beautiful. 
And uh, there were stories of people drowning in Lake Beautiful, although some say it wasn't deep enough for anybody to drown, but, but that's one story. They're also uh, just immediately off campus uh, to the west. Uh, students used to go there and swim. There was apparently a, a side, like a swimming hole, as part of uh, Silver Creek, and uh, we know there were several deaths there. Uh, three at one time, in fact. Oh. People went in and tried to help somebody who got cramps, and I guess they got cramps or no alligators that we know <laughs> of or anything. But uh, uh, other than that, uh, let's see, anything else in campus? No, then the campus buildings, there are stories associated with most of them. Okay, that's like some of the basic history of um, just McKendry. As we know, it's changed a lot over the years, being very, very old. Um, so you can see some of the old pictures and some of the buildings of pretty much half the campus not even being there. So some of the existent things, so it's apparently been built on some pretty controversial land. It's been around for a long time, so we've kind of forgotten a little bit of that. But some of the locations on campus, as um, Dr. Folk mentioned, are very important to you know, the history and knowing, and a lot of times we hear from alumni and just rumors about the stories people know of ghostly encounters, and you can go on websites and see that McKendry is apparently one of the haunted, most haunted schools in Illinois, and you hear a lot of stuff like that. Um, so there's actually a pretty interesting history. Um, we can perhaps go over some of the classic <coughs> ones people know. Um, we had spoken about the piano being played in the chapel when no one's there. They talk a lot about um, Eisenmeyer up on the hill there being Civil War ghosts are in there. That's what they say a lot. Um, residence housing, I know they talk about a ghost in Walton. New halls as well, which new halls are pretty new, so that would be interesting. <laughs> and um, Carnegie, we had spoken about um, Carnegie a lot as well, so maybe if you want to highlight some of the ones you've heard or know. Okay, well, the, uh, the piano in the chapel, uh, students have talked about that for years, hearing sounds and especially piano music. There used to be a practice piano there. I don't think it's there anymore. Uh, but uh, that can be linked to, that actually there was a death in the chapel. Uh, one of the first African-American students to come to McKendry he was a Lebanon resident, in fact. Uh, went up into the chapel with a friend because there had been some bees were making their home there, and they thought they could get some honey, so they smoked out the bees, and they went up. And uh, unfortunately, there was a thunderstorm, and lightning apparently hit the hit the chapel. Uh, whether it bounced off the bell, I don't know. But anyway, and it killed him. Uh, and so that would be, if you talk about a sudden death being a, an occurrence, that would would be one reason what you might ascribe to that. Uh, guess what, Carnegie. Uh, more, more stories about Carnegie. When I first came here, uh, I talked to students and and I, I used to be on campus all when I was younger, before I was married, I was always here drinking coffee <laughs> with students and talking about everything. And I found that uh, there were all sorts of stories. I also was very close to some of the security people then. And they all didn't like third floor Carnegie. Uh, they had stories of uh, 
of sudden breaths of cold air, even during the summer where suddenly it would get ice cold, uh, of, of feeling being pushed or things brushing by them, and strange sounds and everything, and, and seeing vague attention. And, and all these stories came out. And so uh, uh, we tried to do research to find if anything could explain that. Other than the original campus being in a graveyard, there was no, nothing we could find. I made something up later when I had to give a presentation, but uh, <laughs> but that's that's one place that a lot of times there have been people who've talked about problems in, in Carnegie. Uh, let's see, what other? Uh, the, the dormitories, virtually every one of them has had stories. Uh, we We couldn't find actually any verification of anybody dying in our dormitories uh, so as yeah. I said I made that up when I was asked to give a presentation <laughs> uh, let's see where else oh there there uh, there was a just off campus in what's now the the golf course mm-hmm. there was a burial mound that was dug up I think in 1903 or 1913 I, for, I forget the exact date and they found a body there. Oh. And that body was was put in a, a, a sort of a box with a glass top on it and brought to McKendry. And for years it was in the chapel. Uh, and then in the, God, I can't remember what year it was. It was, I think, in the 90s. might have been in the 80s. A number of our students felt that that was very disrespectful, having, you know, People going past and looking at this this body, which was open. So they never did any research to see. Well, it was a mound builder body, no doubt oh, about okay. it. This was this was an original Indian body, and if if the stories about mines mounds on campus when it originally was graded are true, there may have been a lot of those. Oh. But uh, some some of the students felt that this was very disrespectful, and so uh, they decided that it had to be reburied. And uh, the state uh, archaeological society adamantly was against that. They wanted that body. They wanted to do research on it, but our students felt that that was, you know, that also would be disrespectful. And so uh, uh, eventually the, the university agreed, and we held a big ceremony where the body was taken out of the chapel, the, the whole thing, and carried to in front of what's between Old Main and Carnegie. Oh, so that little mound. That right? little yeah. mound. They dug a grave there and put him in, and we had uh, Native American, uh, a priestess here, who incidentally was Comanche, so I don't know that. I'm pretty sure that mound builders weren't Comanche speaking. But anyway, and she did the proper, uh, 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 you know, rituals, and it was buried there, and that little mound was was built, and then they put some sort of grass on it and so on so that it would it would grow, and a nice little plaque there which you can read. So if students want to go, they can see that. Uh, but that that's the one real body on campus. Now, I, I should mention, you know, McKendry's the only college I know of that shares its land with a graveyard. Uh, yeah, the graveyard the over graveyard by right the graveyard right across new halls. the street. Yes, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know that's Lebanon's graveyard. A lot of people from the college and so on are buried there. So, you know that also could 
add credence if you believe in ghosts they want to know where they come from and they probably would sneak over into the new building That's, I, I don't <laughs> that know. could I've be the reason for that the new building yes yeah they uh, say um things i've heard about the new building is on the third floor at night you can hear running down the hallways back and forth when no one's there i don't necessarily know if that's true since they are so new um but hey or it could be the ground is settling and the whole thing is going to collapse. <laughs> right, so that, you know. <laughs> then we will have ghost stories. Yeah. Then we will, yeah. Something will come out of that. Yeah. Um, it's actually very interesting. Um, both my parents went here, they met here, and I've been hearing these stories about McKendry since I was a kid and how haunted it was and how creepy and uh, tours come through all the time and people are dared to spend the night in certain buildings. Yeah. and. So that was pretty appealing to me because I'm, I'm really interested in that sort of thing. So when I sought out to do this project, I was um, steered in the direction of Dr. Folk because he said they told me he knew all about this stuff and he was very knowledgeable in the history and the ghost stories. And so we decided to have a meeting and I contacted him and asked him about the ghost stories and your response was very interesting. And I just thought it was like, the best thing I've ever heard, to be honest. So if you want to talk about that a little bit. Okay, back in, I get, I've got the date. I found the original notes. Uh, on Halloween night, October 31st, 1995, I was asked several weeks before that if I would be willing to give a, a story, uh, you know, to, to give a talk on ghosts at McKendry. And so I agreed. I thought, you know, this, hey, why not? Uh, I'll usually use any excuse to talk. <laughs> and uh, and uh, it, so they put up these posters all over campus. Uh, come see Dr. Folk, the master storyteller. <laughs> he will terrify you. you know, I thought, my God, I was just going to give a little talk. And they've got these all over. And so everybody's going to come there, and they're going to be all... You know, and they're they're going to say he's not going to scare me. I'm, t you know, right. and so I thought, well, how can I make this interesting to people? Uh, and the simplest way was to lie. No, uh, <laughs> so so I decided what I did is a, a, is as an opening, I told them I don't believe in ghosts. I don't believe this. I don't believe in any of that stuff. It's I think there there people make these things up out of their mind and their own problems. Okay, so for this uh, this presentation, I told them we went, we were going through the college archives at the time, and we found some things that might indicate why, you know, ghosts would be around, disturbed spirits or something, and so we also checked uh, local newspapers and college, uh, uh, you know, uh, the college newspaper, and talked to people, uh, old alums and so on, and. Uh, so I told him this, that from all of this, I've gathered some things. I don't believe in ghosts, so I'll just give you the raw facts, and you can decide for yourself uh, whether or not there were uh, 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 ghosts. Uh, and so w what I did, as I said, I used to have a lot more uh, interface with students than I, than I did as I got older. And so I knew the stories that were running around campus. I mean, people would tell, oh, I heard, you know, music, all these things. And so in the presentation, I pretended I knew nothing about those stories. Mm -hmm. And so building on those stories, I added details. Uh, for instance, the college chapel. 
you know, the the kid did die there right. of electricity, but I added that, that he was an ex- extremely good piano player and that he would go there at night and practice all night because he intended to perform in Carnegie Hall. That's what he wanted to do. <laughs> Classic pianist in, in Carnegie Hall. And that that was interrupted by the lightning. Right. And that since that, some people had been hearing, you know, after his death, they'd been hearing. Uh, and, and I could see, you have to be able to read an audience to do this sort of thing. And I could see some people getting a little unsettled. Well, at the time, it was quite small of a campus, correct? Yeah, oh, yes. I think we only had, we probably had as many students in the entire college as now any graduating class has. Wow. It was a lot smaller. We than think we're yes. small now. Like. Yes, no, we're not. Uh, and then I had to explain, you know, so I went through each of them and, and uh, went to Carnegie, the Mule Barn it was once called. That was the men's dorm. Okay. Uh, and uh, during World War One, we didn't have enough students to fill it, and so they had moved the men over to Clark Hall, the upper floor, and they rented that out to the, the air base uh, because they had lots of, of recruits come in there and uh, trainees. And so that became a sort of an annex barracks for the Air Force. That's true. Uh, and then also, if you know, right at the end of World War, World War I, did I say two? World War I, right at the end of World War I, there was a world pandemic, a flu uh, pandemic that killed more people than the war did. Oh. I mean, it was probably the worst pandemic. It killed a lot more people than the Black Death or anything else. I mean, this was worldwide. And uh, so to introduce a restless spirit, I had one of the, the Air Force students there catch the flu. And uh, before they could get him out, he died in, in Carnegie. Uh, and, uh, and I said, well, we didn't know where he was buried or anything. Uh, I, think, yeah, I said he was from Effingham. I have the notes here. You gotta add little little things to it. And, make it uh, believable. <laughs> and so with him dying, uh, uh, maybe, I, in fact, I see on the second time I even gave a name, William G. Gasconade. Oh, that sounds pretty real. Yeah, and I said, uh, since then people have heard chains being dragged in, in Upper Carnegie and things like that. Uh, and then let's see, what else did I? Uh, uh, I know, I also had a student in Carnegie that was the men's dorm. And so in the 30s, the threadbare 30s, during the Depression, Oh, okay. Uh, I said a student had come, uh, his family had put together all of their savings and all the money they could because they always dreamed of one member of their family being a college graduate. And this kid uh, uh, lived, totally made up, but <laughs> lived in <laughs> Carnegie, but he had failed. Oh. He flunked out, and he couldn't take that telling the family, and so uh, that he had he had been studying classics, and so he had read about how the Romans committed suicide. So I had him uh, going up and and having warm water, and drinking wine, and then cutting his wrist okay. under the warm water. That was the preferred room because apparently you don't, well, if you drink enough wine, but then you may not be able to cut your wrist. But anyway. And so he was there and uh, uh, bled to death. That's very in-depth. Uh, very bloody, that there was blood all over and everything, and his friends were all worried. So having, having created two deaths in Carnegie, 
I thought that was good enough for Carnegie. Uh, now, I had also heard that a lot of the, the women in Barnett uh, were talking about sounds and that sudden flashes of cold and all that sort of thing, doors suddenly opening and closing. And at the time, they were all of the residence halls were separated by gender, right? Yes, okay, yes, now exactly, yes. Uh, that uh, they would go in and the shower would be on. When oh. nobody was there, the shower would come on and things like that. And so I decided to give them a more recent one. I, uh, in 1964, I said, uh, one of the girls, uh, during a vacation, and she lived from far away, so she couldn't go home, so she had to stay, and she had appendicitis and collapsed in a room and couldn't get any help because nobody was there, so she died. And they only found her after everybody came back. Oh, wow. Uh, and we weren't sure where she was buried or anything, but it, okay, that gives you a death in <laughs> Barnett. Got to make it balanced. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as I remember, Barnett at that time was freshman women. Oh, okay. I, I think it was just for freshmen. Uh, and I heard later that some of the women from that hall were afraid to go back to their dorm oh, after no. the presentation, so I may have laid it on a little too thick. Uh, and there were all sorts of stories about, uh, again, suddenly feeling brushing and, and cold and voices and so on at the Bearcat Gym which is where PAC is now, uh, and uh, that I was aware of. I mean, a couple of our basketball teams lost there, but other than that, <laughs> nobody died that I knew of. Uh, but that's where Lake Beautiful was. So I made Lake Beautiful uh, uh, sort of a death trap for people. Uh, I had a young lady uh, dying there in, in 1847. You always give years, and yep. people believe things. See that, that, that you got to give some of <laughs> There's a little tip and trick and for And that you they guys. suspected that it was suicide. Uh, and then in 1894, uh, a one of the, the girls on campus, I said, was deserted by her fiancé. Oh. And, uh, uh, you know, may have been pregnant which was a real bad thing in the 90s. And so uh, uh, she was found dead there. And then in 1912, you got to have plenty of deaths here, you know. Right. So in 1912, uh, a woman, I even gave her a name, Julia Berline. I don't know where I got that. But uh, that she was 38 years old, and, and that would make her, in that culture, an old maid. Oh, okay. And it was sort of, you know, had to not have caught a man by the time you were that and so she died in the pond too and I said they were all buried on in, on College Hill Cemetery so that would that one right close yes the okay. one right across the right across the street from the campus which originally I think was part of the campus oh so uh, uh, that that sort of made it logical that you would hear things there because we have three confirmed deaths in the that I know nobody ever died in Lake Beautiful. I mean, you know, <laughs> let me be clear about that. But, you know, hey, I was asked to scare people on, right? you know, and yeah. so I was going to do my best to scare them. And then I told them about the old swimming hole just off campus uh, and uh, uh, that three girls drowned there in the 1880s. That, that happened. Okay. Uh, and, uh, and in the 1900s, uh, uh, a son of the president, at that time of the college, uh, they were swimming there, and one kid got cramps, and the son of the president went in to save him, and then he got cramps, 
and and they drowned. So, uh, okay. And then I I I I said only one of the bodies was recovered. Okay. You know, so you had this was just <laughs> to add a little thing in it. So, uh, Clark Hall, there were moans and everything, and I said that we could find no evidence of anything there. Mm-hmm. One of the things they also talked about in Clark Hall was strange, really putrid smells would suddenly, suddenly occur out of nowhere and then disappear. So there were, there were, these are the the little local stories. But at that time, nobody lived in Clark Hall, right? And we didn't have many classes there, so I didn't, I didn't push it much. <laughs> uh, let's see, anything else? I'm looking at my notes here from the old. Oh yeah, the, the pioneer stories. One of the fraternities at the time, they originally a literary society, talked about an, an Indian figure on the front campus. And uh, pioneers talked about, you know, killing Indians around here. And remember, they dug up Indian graves and everything. So uh, I tied that in on the original plot maps, I said, of Lebanon. Uh, it was clearly marked as an Indian burial ground. It's not, but, you know, that <laughs> helped. Uh, and uh, so uh, uh, that added sort of to the front campus because people had talked about seeing ghosts there and everything. They were probably squirrels. Probably. But uh, let's, oh, and then, okay, there's, there's an article in 1908, I think, in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. I don't remember if this was real or if I made it up, but <laughs> it says The Curse of Old McKendry. That was the, the title of the article. Again, I'm sorry. I don't remember if I made that up or if it was real. Uh, but anyway, there, there are, people have talked about a McKendry curse. I, I don't know where that comes from or why they think it's, but they talk about, uh, like in Pearson's Hall, moans and shivers and uh, uh, cold winds suddenly coming and all of those stories, chains and apparitions. Uh, I would note that Pearson's was once the college dining hall. So oh. that could have just been bad food. So but, the building but, with the cafe and everything. Yeah, the, the building with 1828 in it now was originally the student dining hall. And the students dined together. They were rather formally dressed. Mm-hmm. And the freshmen would serve the tables. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and they had a, 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 a quartet, I, I forget what you'd call it, uh, playing classical music. You know that little, uh, there's, like a, there's the a doorway door. up above where you get your food now in 1828 okay that rolls back and there's a little sort of a mini stage there that you oh, can enter from upstairs that's neat and there used to be a, this orchestra that would play during dinner so it's all very sort of formal wow uh quite a bit different than, <laughs> than and uh uh another thing is i i i like to throw humor in anything i do and so i said well and there are stories in Ames Dining Hall of Funny Smells. I said, that's probably just the preparation of yeah. supper, you know. Uh, and then let's see. Uh, now, yeah, that's about the, the story. And then I, I ended up telling about uh, there were all sorts of attacks, people being attacked in the, in the Lebanon area. Now, as far as I know, it's one of the safest areas in the world. But... <laughs> but uh, I said, and they were cyclical that every few years, and they weren't sure what it was, but that uh, there was a uh, a man who claimed and who was credited with 
shooting John Wilkes Booth, the assassin of Abraham Lincoln. Oh, he had okay. earlier had contact with a with a McHenry student. They were both in a in a uh, uh, Confederate prison camp in Salisbury, North Carolina, and uh, he was credited sort of, and and he had been going to commit suicide, but the McHenry had showed him the Bible and talked him out of it, uh, and that part is apparently true according to the McHenry. Oh wow! Student. But then I found out that the same guy later. Uh, shot up the Kansas legislature. He, what? Yes, he he started firing on the Kansas legislature, and and it's not an unusual thought to shoot legislators, but apparently <laughs> he he actually carried it out, and so he was committed to an insane asylum, and he actually escaped. Whoa! Now, all of that up to that point, apparently, is document true. They never recaptured him. But what I did is had a <laughs> series of murders heading from Kansas slowly back towards Illinois. Oh, my gosh. And then stopping. And then every, I forget what it was, seven years, I, that, that, there, that there would be murders again in the, the local area. And, and all of this on top of everything else you could see. And, and, and there had been some newspaper accounts just before uh, my uh, presentation some local newspaper accounts that, as I remember, may have been picked up by the McKenna Review, too, of uh, cattle mutilations in the area. Oh. Uh, unexplained. Who knows what those were? But uh, probably spacemen, huh? But probably. Anyway, so so I, uh, I talked about, well, there was evidence that uh, uh, in, a, in a cycle of 20 years that there was this they sort of assumed uh, some sort of a doomsday cult or devil cult or something, and they would go through this cycle of years that they would, they would first, you know, cut up small animals, chickens and birds and so on, and then a year later they would cut up bigger animals, and then the third year they would cut up, they would mutilate cows. Mm-hmm. We're leading to it. Right. And then I said, and always then, the year after, people would be murdered, found with their throats sliced and everything. And this had happened all around the campus. And, uh, uh, and I said, luckily, we don't see that, that this would actually come to think of it. This is the year that that should be happening. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I suffice it to say that the people in the crowd were terrified. I think I overdid it. Oh, no. And, uh, <laughs> but... They told these stories to other people, and I've, I've been very sorry for it because ever since, I mean, I have people who've told me they've been on tour bus through this area, and the tour bus goes by here, and they say, and that's McKendry College, which is the most, you know, ghost-haunted, the haunted McKendry College, the most ghosts anywhere in the world. Uh, I've had people from, I, I'm always getting calls from newspapers and radio stations saying, we hear you're the one who knows the most about ghosts at McKendry. Uh, and, uh, and, and I try to tell them, you know, hey, I, this, I don't know of any ghosts at McKendry. There, there are a few stories that are funny, but I built on those. Right. And, and so a lot of this is mine. But, uh, yeah, I get, you know. A few years ago, I actually gave an interview where I explained what I've just explained to you, how I did it and, and what I did and everything. 
but they chose not to publish most of that. Just they did the ghost story. So, to keep it, yeah, yeah just I don't to know keep how it going. That, how to, yes, I've had some guy who's apparently a ghost expert in the area. He speaks at Alton and other places, and he's tried to get me to meet with him to explain about the ghosts of McKendry and everything because he says he asks people and they all refer him to me. I don't know anything about ghosts of McKendry. Right. You can just, you just. Some people consider me a ghost of McKendry past, <laughs> but that's, a, you know. Well, that's pretty, like, it's it's very outstanding how far that has come, just yeah. from that one night that they asked you to. Well, no, a year later, they asked me again. The oh, yeah. The night before, and I figured everybody would know, but I went through much of the same thing and added a little more blood. <laughs> uh, but apparently, maybe all the freshmen who were scared left school, went to other schools <laughs> or something, because they didn't know it, and it, it sort of reinforced. So all of this... Uh, yeah, uh, I'm just going through the notes here. Yeah, I gave them, gave everybody names the second time through. But oh, good. That was, you know, made-up names. That Gives it a more authentic yeah, feel. Yeah, it yeah. does. It does. If you give names and dates, then people think, ah, this is based on fact. Got right. to be. Got it, has to be. Th- it has to be. And has at to the be. time, there was not really the widespread Internet to be able to look these people up and be yeah, like, yeah. they definitely yeah. died. Like, You're right. You're right. So n- I can see how it would be. It's kind of an ideal point in history to to come up with these things and share it with people. Then, and it just blows my mind how these stories have traveled through like years and years. Even though maybe they didn't stick the first time, since you had to do it again. But I've definitely heard these before. Yeah, I mean these stories are like that. People tell me, "Oh, didn't you hear about?" And I said, "Oh God, <laughs> I yes, wrote that." I yeah, actually, yes. <laughs> that's and I've heard a lot about. What's that little house um, in Lebanon they say is so haunted? Oh, there's supposed to be a ghost house. Yes, yeah. we had a faculty member uh, once who taught uh, psychopsychology, or so, I forget what it was called, and, and she would take her students on a tour. It's called the ghost house. I've never been there. I don't know where it is. It's like... Uh, I did, as I remember, I weaved that in for a while. I said, I've heard there is this, you know, mm-hmm. but, uh, but I didn't know where it was or anything. So, uh, you know, apparently they say that the gravestone somehow says she murdered somebody else and that they've wiped that off yeah and it and it keeps reappearing now that's what i've heard i i have never been to that place don't even know where it is it's we went there um for an orientation thing we it was they were just trying to open up lebanon to the students which doesn't really work um but we went and took a little tour it's definitely creepy in there because it's so old and They've pretty much kept it exactly the same since whatever happened. Um, and they do on Halloween, they do a lot of tours. Oh, okay, yeah. My mom had told me about for... When were your parents here? Oh, gosh, um, the 80s around. I okay. know they both had you as a professor. They, they've mentioned uh, it before. Okay, okay. It yeah. was kind of funny. Okay. Uh, when I told her I was doing this, she got really excited about it. Um, and they had mentioned, because they were both involved in Greek life, and when at the time there was way more male fraternities here, there's just... Yeah the one now i think um but they had talked about like hazing more so back in the day and there was a story about a woman who had actually murdered her daughter i believe and her grave is around and they make that's supposed to be with the ghost house is it that's supposed to be okay because the the story of the the gravestone which apparently is on the property i don't know as i said i've never been there Mm -hmm. uh Apparently, 
it says that she murdered her daughter. Okay. Uh, that, you know, or my mom murdered me. I forget what they claim keeps reappearing no matter. Apparently they even it changed gravestones and it came <laughs> on the new one, but, you know. That's, yeah, they said that they used to drop off, like, people who wanted to be in the sorority there and drive away. Uh, <laughs> that was, like, their thing, and I'm like, wow, that's yes. definitely terrifying. Well, I know uh, sometime after uh, my presentations, they had a big contest here uh, for anybody who was willing to stay on third floor Carnegie <laughs> overnight. By then, it was all uh, just classrooms, and it, anybody who would stay all night, uh, they had some prize or something, and and a bunch of students took them up, and I don't think any of them lasted. Oh, they, really? They, they scared each other out. You know? It's all in your mindset. I feel like yeah. once you expect it, it's going to... Well, and as I understand, the students who went up there, some of them kept telling stories <laughs> to get the others to leave so they could win whatever prize it was. But oh, that that was fun. run by Student Affairs or Student student government, one of those organizations. Uh, uh, That's too funny. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's just, it's just so, like, I don't know. I just can't say how outstanding it is to me, the passage of time that these stories have withstood. Oh, they, if anything, they grow, yes. Yeah, and people keep building on them. I know the story of Eisenmeier is interesting because eisenmeier has been a ton of different buildings you know it's it keeps oh, yeah. changing but now and for a long time now it's been the black box theater that people do like a lot of the one act plays in and dance things in and someone had mentioned a story it might have been michelle magnuson somebody had mentioned the story about a person who did a play about a civil war it was a, civ a civil war story and whenever a certain part of that play would go the pipes would creak no matter what time of day, the certain Whoa. part, the pipes would shake and creak. And I'm like, that's, I don't know about that, but I would really like to see that happen. Yeah, I, I, I had no story about Eisenmeier because I had never heard any student talk about it. Right. Uh, at that time, uh, when I first came here, that was the, the only theater. That was our, our het. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> and I do think, you know, there might have been some ghosts there. Mine especially, even, uh, because they, I don't know what, they, they searched the world wide and had the most uncomfortable seats you could possibly oh sit in. Gosh. For some reason, sitting in there watching, you know, brilliant plays, it just your, your butt hurt really bad. Right. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was a painful experience. I don't know where they got those chairs, but hopefully those were lost. I hope so, <laughs> because we have some stuff coming up there soon, and... Being uncomfortable would not be ideal. <laughs> it's a very nice place for an intimate theater. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, because the audience is essentially right on the stage and everything. Mm -hmm. uh, and so in, in some ways, it's, it's much better. And, you know, back then, we could fit almost the whole campus in right. there. And, 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 and uh, now we're big enough. We need a big place like this. But, you know, that was, there was some great stuff put on there it was really a oh absolutely yeah, it's it's, it's withstood yeah, that yeah. building has definitely withstood yeah, time yeah. we um going upstairs into the the little balcony they have yeah. we went up there and it you could there was some tools up there that looked like they have been here since the beginning they were could, rusted and it was could so well cool. be yeah one of the worries we always had was that was you know the the crew people for the theater were up there and uh doing the lights and the sound and everything and uh, 
we always suspected that perhaps the electricity and the and the machines were pretty old <laughs> yeah. the place might burn down while we were in it but uh, uh, yeah that was always part there were some faculty offices there mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> one of my fellow professors uh, said that he had to take he he got one of the awards from the college the grandy award <laughs> he said it was uh, it was being eaten by the termites in the building <laughs> and uh, and uh, he used to joke that probably the whole building was only held up by the termites holding hands. Oh my uh, gosh! Because that's yeah. too funny. Yeah. Well, if you go in there, it's it's if you're into old buildings, you definitely would like well, most of the buildings here, to be oh. honest. But it's like you have to love it. You know what I mean? Yep. It's just the the cutest building, you know. Um, yep. But yeah, I've definitely heard of some creepy stuff going on in there. Um, but. You know, I I would I think if they held another one of those like, would you stay all night things I think people would be interested in that. Yeah, well, hey, you know, start it. Right, <laughs> I could do a program with that. That'd be yes. I would be. I feel like today it's a lot harder to scare people, but yeah. maybe or maybe not. I don't know. Well, I don't know. What you got to do first is assure them that you're not trying to scare them. That's right. what I tried to do both times. I did that. I spent a good bit of time explaining I didn't believe in this and everything, and I thought it was foolishness. But since you want to hear, you know, I decided to look into the facts, and you know, and so you present it that way, and you disarm them first, and then you start feeding the stories in, and you can <laughs> see the rising level of concern as they look around. It's 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 vicious and insidious, but it works. It's you pretty know, funny, I think. And like, I should have gone into politics, you know. Who knows? <laughs> Get, get you scare enough people, you can be president. Yeah, but, Honestly? Yeah. Yep. But, um, yeah, it's definitely had an impact, I think, with just honest, it, even just Googling McKendry, the first thing that's going to come up besides, like, the page is Han and McKendry. Yeah, like, really? Yeah. That, that's, uh, right. that's terrible. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I think it's the greatest thing. I, <laughs> and um, so it just goes to show how things live on through time and how – some things are absolutely timeless, even though you have said several times to people no. that that's not real, but people are, no. they refu- almost refuse to believe you. Yes. And it's almost mind-blowing how that, how that happens. Um, well, and their, their feelings are reinforced each time by the fact that there are some strange things that go on. You know, people do say they hear chains and they hear voices mm-hmm. where nobody is and so on, and that, that keeps recurring. So, you know, that feeds into... Oh, yeah, he was, you know, so, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I read once, I was, before we did this, I was Googling just the Haunted McKendry, and someone had posted about, I think it was the alumni house, one of the door frames, oh. if you touch it, you can feel where someone had hung themselves, the rope, and if you, oh, why, oh, when oh. you touch it, you get chills, and I'm like, I don't know, I, I'm yeah. interested in that. I don't know if anybody die, you know, killing themselves any place around the campus. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, th- most of those houses around the campus once were owned by the college, and now mm-hmm. they're, they're getting them back, they're buying them, but, and they sold them off during some of the bad times. But it's interesting, they, they put in, we were a very Methodist college then, mm-hmm. and drinking was sinful. Yep. And so uh, in those deeds, where they sold those, there was a codicil that, you know, alcohol could never be manufactured, consumed, or kept on those premises. 
And if they did, it reverted to the college. The whole property. Yes, yes. And I suggested, having read about that, suggested to uh, the president once, not the present president, but, uh, you know, that what we ought to do is search all the houses around here, and if we found found a beer in them, we could seize them. <laughs> and, you know, and so, I mean, but he Lebanon, didn't think that would be very popular with the people of Lebanon. So, I mean, we're uh, not very popular. Yeah, yes, Lebanon just yeah. has, it relies on the old laws a lot with yeah. a lot of things. So, I mean, they no. couldn't very well say you can't do that. Yep. <laughs> But yeah, that's the history of Lebanon and the history of McKendry is super interesting, especially factually being the oldest university around. Yeah. It's just easy to like put different kinds of thoughts and spins with that, with yeah. being haunted and stuff. You know, there could be some. Maybe it's just it's, it's possible. It's yeah. possible. You know, but. it's just fun what people will what people will um, believe and go along with. You know, when when it's given to them and yep. whatnot so so yeah and i think that pretty much concludes what i wanted to cover today we talked a long time about a lot of interesting stuff um so just one more time my name is lauren trevier you'll find me around campus all the time um and and i'm pat folk and i'm retired so i occasionally <laughs> come to campus but try to avoid it <laughs> i know that feeling especially i'm You've been here a long time, so I could see no, why. No, I, yeah. I loved being here. It was a mistake to retire because mm. life is much more boring now. Oh. <laughs> well, we love seeing you around. You always have some interesting stories for us. And so, I don't know. If you think we're wrong, if you've actually maybe seen a ghost and think we're just making stuff up, let us know. Stop one of us on campus. We can, we'll can. we bring you in. We'll talk about it more. Um, so, yeah, thanks for listening, and I'll see you around. <laughs>